Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Bill Staten, and he is a 29-time Emmy Award winner and Hall of Fame keynote speaker. For 15 years, he produced the longest-running show, highest-rated local comedy show in my hometown of Seattle. Now, Bill helps senior-level leaders and their teams turn creativity into money. Bill is also a pilot, a scuba diver, and a musician although rarely at the same time. Thank God. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Bill. Nice to have you. Hi, Pia. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. So before we started recording, we chatted and found that we had some similarities. Your mom was born in my place of birth, St. Croix, Virgin Islands. In your old stopping grounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, St. Thomas, but U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh, St. Thomas. That's right. Yeah, Down there in that archipelago. Yeah, and and you're a scuba diver, which is interesting because my husband and I, we're down in Florida right now, and we are getting certified next month for scuba diving. So I have to ask you where your favorite dive spots are. Warm water, warm water diving. Yeah, yeah, I dive up here in the Puget Sound. Cold, cold water diving. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you must be familiar with. There's a great dive spot, I guess, in Edmonds. It's like an underwater park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an underwater park. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of cool stuff there. Giant octopus. That's that's the big yeah. feature, the giant octopus. Yeah. Or giant octopus. I haven't, there's, there's, yeah, I, I haven't been there. So where is home for you now? Home for me is a, um, I live just north of Seattle in a ridiculously named town called Muckleteo. Yes. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is Native American for we just got cable, I think. <laughs> that's awesome. It's by the water. We've got a little lighthouse and, you know, a ferry that goes across to one of the islands and everything. So it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And what is your favorite thing that you have found out going through COVID? I have to ask because everyone has a different story for the last 18 months. Have you, <laughs> is there a bright star that's come out of this for you? Well, it's weird because I make my living on stages in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out I'm actually an introvert, and so I learned that I kind of like self-quarantine. I like having an excuse when people say, oh, can you come to my son-in-law's wedding? No. No, I can't. And having yeah. a great excuse. Yeah. No, because I'll die. I don't want... No. No. Sorry. Yeah. You know, if yeah. it weren't for the pandemic, I would, I, I'd, I'd be there. But it's, it's just... It's the perfect excuse. Yeah, my husband's an introvert too, and I found that he's he's very happy, happy as a clam, not going anywhere. So let's dive into it. Um, I know that you are a comedy writer, hence the very successful comedy show that you wrote for Comedy Central, right? It was actually on the air here in Seattle. It was on Comedy Central for two and a half years. 
Uh, I was the uh-huh. executive producer as well as being one of the writers and and one of the performers. So and yeah, what, yeah, we were what on was 15, the name of the show? Fifteen years and it was called Almost Live. Almost and, Live. Um, okay. Let's see. There was a time for quite a while. Bill Nye was one of my writers. He eventually went yep. on to become the science guy. Joel McHale, who starred in the sitcom Community, uh, used yep. to be my intern on the show. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah, we did we did pretty well. Yeah, so speaking of Bill Nye, I saw a story that you told, I think uh, you were giving a, a talk, about how Bill Nye actually got his start. You called him in to fix a problem of some sort on the studio, in the studio, and it was took off from there. Can you kind of fill in the blanks for me? Yeah, what happened was, well, Bill, Bill was one of my writers for the show. And we were getting ready for the show uh, on a Saturday. We taped on Saturday nights. And we were really excited because our guest that night was going to be Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was shooting a TV series called 21 Jump Street up in Vancouver, B.C. And, you know, I had a couple conversations with him. Turned out he was a fan of our show. And uh, so he was going to be our guest. It was great. Fantastic. And then the morning of the show, I get a phone call and it's Johnny Depp. And he has to cancel they're doing reshoots for jump street and you know, he, he can't get out of it. So, so all of a sudden now we're left with a train wreck, right? I'm sure this has never happened to you where despite all your careful planning, all of a sudden the universe (laughs) kind of pulls the rug out from under you. Now we're in crisis mode because, you know, we've got this, we've got this show. The show is tonight. We need somebody to interview and we're just scrambling. You know, I call this emergency meeting and we're trying to figure out who we can get, you know, so, you know, has to be somebody local. So, ooh, yeah. we're in Seattle. Okay, how about one of the Seahawks? No, they're out of town this week. How about that cute new anchor at, at Como TV? No, she's in rehab, which, uh. which turns out she was. And it's, <laughs> it went on and on. And it was starting to look desperate because just nothing was working out. And meanwhile, you know, the clock is just ticking and getting closer and closer to showtime. Pretty soon the audience is going to start arriving. And all of a sudden, Bill, my again, my lowest paid writer, pops his head up and says, uh, I might be able to do something with liquid nitrogen, <laughs> which scared us all to death because Bill <laughs> Nye, um, he's brilliant, but he's also kind of insane. And keep in mind, at this time, he was not Bill Nye the science guy. He was just Bill Nye, the lowest paid writer. And you know how we tend to be with that. Bill, j- shut up. The grown-ups are trying to solve a problem. But then as it got closer and closer to showtime, it's like, all right, all right, Bill, what's, tell us about this liquid nitrogen. And he started telling us all the cool things you can do because it'll freeze things really, you know, like you take a marshmallow, toss it in the liquid nitrogen, pop it in your mouth, bite down, smoke comes out of your nose and mouth. And I thought, okay, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. And so the combination of that sounding kind of cool and us being completely desperate led us to put Bill Nye on the air that night as Bill Nye, the science guy. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was incredibly good. So funny. So great. And, uh, and I'm obviously Bill Nye just grew from there. As a matter of fact, I just, I just had a chat with him the other day. A, a client of mine was saying there could be some parallels between my work and super colliders, you know, particle accelerators, atom smashers, I thought, sure. I'm not sure there's a, I'm not sure that metaphor really works. So I started researching super colliders. And I thought, wait a minute, I know a science guy. So I called Bill Nye and said, Bill, tell me about super colliders. And here's what I'm doing. Is there a metaphor? You know, is it, d- does the metaphor work? And we had a great chat. We, we talked for about an hour. 
uh, mostly reminiscing, but then then he said, and by the way, no, the metaphor doesn't work. So it's too bad. <laughs> but it's kind of nice having he, a science guy my, on your speed dial. That's kind of, that's kind of nice. I wish I had science guy on my speed dial. So my new fan favorite in that <laughs> realm is uh, is uh, I think it's Mark Robber. You familiar with him? He's literally a rocket scientist, and I think he's like thirty two. He landed. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have heard of him. Yeah, he's he's a speaker also. Is he a speaker? Yeah, well, he's getting more into it, but he he started on YouTube and he does all these crazy science experiments. Like he did okay. one with sand where it turned into liquid and it's just fast. It, so he's the closest to Bill Nye that I see coming up That's cool. super fast. Well, that works. Sure. Yeah, but science aside, tell me how you help small businesses and businesses... Uh, turn creativity, their creativity into money and be one of the cool kids in their industry, regardless of what industry. <laughs> well, we all want to be one of the cool kids, don't we? We all want to be, especially in business. I mean, you wouldn't think of it in business, but in business, don't you want to be the one that people point to and go like, wow, Pia, Pia's got it figured out. Of course. I wish I could be more like Pia. Pia's one of the cool kids. Pia's always, Pia's always leading the industry. You know, that's, that's, that's what I mean by, by being one of the cool kids, being somebody who's, who's just, you know, when everybody else looks to who's the leader of the industry that everybody says, oh, it's, it's those guys, it's yeah. them. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what you want to be. And that, that takes innovation. So what is innovation? See, a lot of people confuse innovation and creativity. They think they're the same thing. They think they're synonyms and they use them interchangeably. And that's not true. And here's what I mean by that. And this is why I talk about turning creativity into money. Because creativity on its own is worthless. It's important, but it's worthless. Because okay. there's no value attached to Because you're just coming up with ideas. Okay. But until, you, un, un, until you, first of all, winnow down those ideas to the, to the one or the very few that have some market value that you think, okay, this is what we're going to move forward with. And then you make a plan to implement them and actually do implement them. Then, then you've got something. And that's the whole cycle of innovation. Innovation is all about coming up with ideas, evaluating those ideas, and then implementing those ideas. That's turning creativity into money. Creativity on its own is the starting point, but it's not enough. It's important. Without, without the creative ideas, you'd have nowhere to go. But creativity is kind of like if you, um, if, if, if you want to cook a recipe. You know, you get your cookbook out there. Okay, that's great. And then it's, it's got, over on the left someplace, it's got the list of ingredients. So you get those ingredients and they're all on the table. Okay, that's not a cake yet. That's not a turkey. That's not, you know, that okay. whatever. Yeah. So th those are your, that's the creativity part. You know, coming up with the ideas, that's the raw ingredients of innovation. But then you have to take it through this funnel that ends in implementation. That's when you turn creativity into money. However... In this day and age, <laughs> oh, I love that. however, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. play devil's advocate here because I've, you know, I've seen it with our clients. Everything's been done before. Every, you know, why are we, we don't have any new ideas. How are we going to be innovative? I know that um, you talked a little bit about that. It's kind of a mindset, right? Changing your mindset around innovation and what that means. It is a mindset. And here's where I think a lot of people kind of run up against a brick wall is that they think only the big innovations count. Mm -hmm. So they think about innovation and they think, well, I mean, the iPhone's been invented. The Tesla's been invented. The internet's been invented. There's nothing left to be invented. 
first of all, innovation and invention are not the same thing either. They're, uh, these are all closely tied together. Mm -hmm. Innovation at its core is about seeing a problem and coming up with a solution that nobody else has come up with yet. And there's no shortage of problems. There will never be a shortage of problems. So anytime there's a problem, there's, a, there's, there's the possibility for innovation. And problems come in all shapes and sizes. There are big problems and there are little problems. You know, you don't have to invent the iPhone to be an innovator. One of the, one of the greatest innovations, uh, certainly in, in my world, because I'm a professional speaker, I travel for a living, or at least did prior to 2020 mm -hmm. and will again, spent a lot of time in hotels, okay? And maybe this has happened to you, Pia, maybe like in an older hotel or a cheaper hotel. You're in the shower and... Have you ever had that experience where like you turn the hot water on and then the plastic shower curtain just comes and tries to <laughs> hug you and it's clammy yeah. and it's weird. Right. So that had been a problem for a long time. Everybody, you know, people just put up with it. But finally, some brilliant innovator said, well, what if we, uh, what if we just bend the curtain rod? That's <laughs> yeah. And it's fabulous. Don't you love going into the shower now when you see the, the, the curtains like, that fixed the problem. Mm -hmm. Now, is that inventing the iPhone? Is that inventing the internet? No, is that inventing Spanx? No, it's not. It's bending a piece of metal, but oh my goodness, it solved a problem. That was an innovative idea. That was an innovative idea. You can do that. Your clients can do that. My clients can do that. All it takes is, is when you run up against a problem, something that bugs you, don't just stop and complain about it, which is what we always did about the shower yeah. curtains. You know, oh, this, you know, this is, the, we don't like this. Take it that one extra step and say, oh, I don't like this. How can I make it so better? So it's almost like you're stepping. That's the question. Yeah, so it's almost like you're stepping into your client's shoes, right? And and finding the problems there and, and, and what, like you say, connecting the dots, which I'd love you to speak a little bit more about and, and how, yeah. how people can do that exercise to come up with solutions. Yeah. And it, it does start with coming up with ideas with that first stage of creativity, mm -hmm. ideation. Basically it's ideation, evaluation, implementation, or as I call it, because I come from the world of television and showbiz lights, camera action. Cause see lights is the light bulbs. You know, when you think of ideas coming up with ideas, you think of the light bulb moments. Okay. That's lights. What does the camera do? It focuses. That's when you take those ideas and you focus in on the very few or even the one that's actually going to make a difference. And then action is the implementation. So lights, camera, action. That. So thanks. Um, so the lights is coming up with the ideas and some people do get stuck here. And part of that is another myth, which I need to dispel here for your clients, because there are some people, you may know some people like this, Pia, there's some people who go through life just thinking, well, I'm just, I'm not. By the way, every, every, every when I say some people, I always go into that. This apparently is the only voice I have. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not creative. Yeah, I hear that. I'm not one of those innovative yeah. type. It's just, you know, that's, that, that's not my department. That's not my job description. First of all, innovation is everybody's job description, or it should be. Because again, innovation is just looking at things that aren't working and figuring out how can I mm -hmm. make it better. That's We're everybody's all problem solvers. Job. Wouldn't you like everybody on your team to have yeah. that mindset? But then, th then there's this mindset of, well, I'm just not creative. And I'll tell you where that comes from. It comes from, from several things. 
one of which is a misunderstanding of what creativity is all about. See, people think that creativity is, is the lightning mm -hmm. bolt that comes down from above and it only strikes the gifted few, right? So you've got to be, you know, Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or, you know, one of, like, okay, the, the lightning bolt strikes them or, you know, like a Mozart or whatever. That's not what it is. Look, we are all the gifted few. We all have the ability to be, to be creative, to be innovative. There was a study, I'm not going to go through the whole study, but basically what it came down to, the, the study was trying to figure out what is it that separates the creative people from the non-creative people, you know, the innovators from the non-innovators. And they did a whole bunch of things to, to, to determine this. And what they found out was one element, one thing, and one thing only, and it was this. The creative people believed that they were creative. Mm -hmm. That's it. Had nothing to do with education, had nothing to do with IQ, had nothing to do with life experience. Life experience. The creative people believed they were creative. That's it. That's the only difference. But can you see how that difference oh, makes yeah. all the difference? Yeah. How if you go through life believing you're creative, just like if you go through life believing that you're confident or you know smart or good looking or whatever, you really I mean, we really do create our well, own the funny reality. thing is that whenever someone says that to me, I'm just like, seriously, like I can point out many times that you've been creative. I think it's just the definition they have in their head. And the other thing I'll add to that, Bill, is there's a lot of business owners, CEOs that are just burned out. I mean, even after 2020 and everything we've gone through, they're just like, really, I, I have nothing left in my creative juices. So what do you say to them? The what, tank, like, yeah. what, how can they get inspired or change that around? First of all, I want to acknowledge that that is a completely valid feeling. Look, we're all mm -hmm. feeling burned out. Even as we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, we're, we're kind of starting to come out as we're, we're exhausted. It's been an exhausting year and a half, and it's still tough because we still don't know where everything's going to land. Like, what's the what's our world right. going to look like? And that's both sociological and you know professional and all that. You know, what's our world going to look like? And we're just we're exhausted. I totally get that. I think probably the best way to answer this is to talk about connecting dots, because I I tell you what creativity is not. Creativity is not the lightning bolt that comes down from above. That's not what creativity is. Creativity is really about connecting dots, about seeing two or more things and connecting them in a way that nobody ever has before. Classic example, the year 1440, Johannes Gutenberg, he's a wine processor and movable type, both, both of which already existed. They had existed for years, in some cases for centuries. Wine processor, movable type he saw a connection that nobody had ever seen. He saw when the wine when the wine is pressed, you know, the grapes are pressed, it's like, ooh, that looks kind of like ink. <gasps> Wait a minute, ink, but maybe, and, you know, boom, he invented the wow, printing press. I didn't know that. It came from connecting ideas. It's not the lightning bolt. People think it's the lightning bolt because people just see this part down here, the connection, and that seems like a lightning bolt, but it comes from seeing things and connecting them. So we can all do that. And here's how. First of all, we have to become dot collectors, which means that in order for Gutenberg to have made that connection, he had to be aware of both the wine processor and movable mm -hmm. type, right? So, you know, if, if, if he had never seen a wine processor, he would that dot would not have been available to him, so he could not have made that connection. So it makes sense as, then as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as professionals in the world, it makes sense. It's to our advantage to collect as many dots 
as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, what are these dots? They're anything. They're ideas, experiences, people. Every magazine article you read, every blog post you read, every podcast you listen to, every conversation you have, you know, every place you visit, you know, a foreign country you visit or a different state that, that you visit or a province, those are those are all dots. Those are all collections of experiences that you've got floating around here that you can connect and try and make them as different as possible because you want to collect mm -hmm. different colored dots. You know, if you only ever read the same kinds of things, especially if it's the same kinds of things your competitor is already reading, I mean, yes, you want to read that, but if that's all you read, if you only talk to certain kinds of people, if you only listen to certain kinds of podcasts, then you're limiting your connections to, you know, to like the same color, like, I call it navy, you know, three-quarter inch navy blue dots. If all your dots are three-quarter inch navy blue, then all your ideas are going to be three-quarter inch navy blue. But all of a sudden, you start reading something that the competition's not reading. You listen to a podcast they're not listening to. You have a conversation with somebody that maybe has nothing whatsoever to do mm -hmm. with your industry. But if you go into it with that mindset of, oh, how can I make a connection? And this, this is where it gets to the, really, to, to the how-to. So first you're, you're collecting dots and now you start connecting them and you connect them actively at first. Eventually it'll become habit. Eventually your brain will kind of catch on that, oh, okay, I guess, you know, I guess we're going to be a connection machine now. But what you do is you go, so here's, here's, here's something that, that if you're listening to this, you can do it this week. You can do it today. Here's a little assignment, little game. Read something that you wouldn't normally read. An article, a book. Uh, whatever, just, you know, find something on the internet that you wouldn't normally read. Maybe it's something you have no interest in whatsoever. Read something that you wouldn't normally read. And as you're reading it, ask yourself this question, how can I apply this to my world? Mm -hmm. Whether it's your professional world or your personal world. Notice, because here's, here's what happens, Pia, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've noticed this too. Your, your brain is, it's, it's magnificent. Your brain. Yeah, <laughs> no I don't know about anybody else. No, no, I mean, me. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, exactly. But, yeah, yes, you have a magnificent brain. No, no, we've got this amazing tool, free and clear, and it will try and answer any question we put to it. So if you know, if we feed it better questions, we're going to get better answers. So notice that the question I asked you to ask was, "How can I relate this to my situation?" Not, "Can I relate this to my situation?" See, that's, that's the mistake a lot of people make. They, they read an article and go, well, well this has nothing yeah, to do with me. Yeah, and then they block it out. Because basically they're asking the question, can I relate this? You know, can I connect this to my situation? And your yep. brain's saying, nope. You yep. asked a poor question. But if you just add the word how, how can I relate this to my situation? Your brain will go like, okay, let's, yeah. let's try and figure this out. And then come up, come up with answers because mm -hmm. they're always there. The connections are always there if you look for them. Maybe it's in the overall gist of the article. Maybe it's like one sentence that makes you think, oh, maybe I could do that. Look, maybe, I'm not saying you're going to come up with gold. You might, you might not. You never, the thing is, you never know which dot yeah. is going to be the million dollar dot. But you're never going to find it if you're not asking yourself, yeah. where is that connection? How can I connect these? here taking a break from the show hope you're enjoying the show so far so bill has a freebie for our listeners if you head over to billstainton.com forward slash pia you can download your cheat sheet 
on turning creativity into money. It's a free cheat sheet that you and your team can use to generate dozens of ideas to address any challenges and find some great opportunities. You can find that cheat sheet at billstainton.com forward slash Pia, P-I-A. Now back to the show. And at, at the at the very least, you're going to find that you're looking at your situation, your challenges. Maybe there's a particular challenge that you're facing right now in your business or in your personal life. So read that article on basket weaving or you know, <laughs> snake charming or something like that. Yeah. And then say, okay, how can I relate that to this current challenge? Not can I, but how can I relate it to this current challenge? At first, you may have trouble coming up with anything. Because again, you, you know, your, your brain's like, wait, what are we doing? I don't understand this. But eventually, your brain's going to catch on, and it'll start coming up with these connections. And pretty soon, it'll become kind of automatic. We've all had the experience of, you know, we're walking down the street, and we see something, and we go like, oh, that that reminds me of that time, what was it, 15 years ago? It's a, mm-hmm. That's what it is. But now we're doing it intentionally and strategically for our business. We're, we're, we're taking that part of our brain that's, that, that finds connections because yeah. our brains will find connections. We just haven't practiced it. So if you focus that ability that your brain already has, if you focus it on your situation, on your profession, on your business, that's, that's how you start to come up with those ideas. And for the, for the people who are, for, who are fatigued, this really doesn't take much extra effort. It's just a shift in mindset and it's a shift in practicing. It's not, it's not difficult. It might be a little difficult at first, but it's, it's just teaching your brain to, that connections are important because your brain will focus on what's important. If you're in the market for, for a new dishwasher, I just bought a new dishwasher yesterday. Okay. So all day yesterday, dishwashers were really important to me. I did the research and everything. Classic example. I'm sure you've had this, this experience, you know, you buy a new car. Maybe it's not brand new, but it's new for you. And what do you notice on the way out from the dealership? Oh my goodness, everybody mm-hmm. on the road has a red Prius. You know, where were they all before? Well, they were there. They just, you know, you yeah. didn't focus on them. So the creative idea is the connections are there. Once you start to once you start to focus on them, you're gonna you're gonna be kind of overwhelmed. My goodness, there's connections everywhere. Yes, there are. And if you're reading things, listening to things, talking to people that the competition's not, you're going to have dots available to you that the competition won't have available to them, which means you can make connections that the competition can't make because they don't have those dots. They did not collect those dots and therefore they cannot connect those dots. So if you if you collect a, a large quantity of multicolored dots, different kinds of things, and then teach your brain how to make those connections, that's that's it. That's it. That's that's where you come up with the ideas. Then it's a matter of winnowing it down. You know, th- then it's you know the camera and the action, the focus and the yeah. implementation. I love that, especially because people in industries like my industry, marketing, all you do is read about marketing and talk about marketing and listen to marketing podcasts. Yeah. But there's something about opening that and expanding your horizons because we have this curse of knowledge, right? We know so much that. We, we almost can't tell our story to our prospects because we have been it, in it for so long. So I will listen, like your lights, camera, action, like that's brilliant. Like I, I could 
connect that with something that we do in our marketing company, right? And that's something that I probably wouldn't have, you know, known about. Um, and just making similarities. So I, that's a great exercise. Yeah. I love that. And you know, you're absolutely right, Pia. I mean, if you're in marketing, you're going to read a lot about marketing. You're going to talk to marketing people. You're going to read marketing. You're going to listen to mar- listen to marketing podcasts. Of course we are. That's important. I'm a professional speaker. I listen to things about speaking, about the speaking world. I, you know, you know, here's how to make your CRM, your customer, you know, work better. And, you know, all those kinds of things. And when I go to my, my convention of the National Speakers Association, it's great there's nothing quite like being around people who really understand your world and nobody understands your world like people who do what you do. So that's important. But if that's all you listen to, if that's all you associate with, then you're collecting lots and lots and lots of three quarter inch navy blue dots. And you're going to come up with lots Mm -hmm. and lots and lots of three quarter inch navy blue ideas. And they're going to be the same ideas that the competition comes up with because they've got the same dots. They can make those same connections. So and then, yeah, you're absolutely right about the curse of knowledge. That's that's a, I, I, I love that phrase, and it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. If you work with clients who are not in marketing, as you do, because they come to you for marketing, you want to be able to speak their language. You want to be able to mm-hmm. use examples that they would understand, which means, okay, you kind of have to be up on, you know, like, what are they listening to? What are they reading? What's important to them? Right, right. So... Obviously, we're all on social media, and it's kind of a drinking out of fire hose. Yeah, so I know there's always a good side and a bad side. Tell me what you think is the good side and the bad side as far as its effect on people's creativity as a business owner. Social media? Yes. I've never been asked that before. That's a really intriguing question. And when I just to clarify, when I say social media, I I mean everything. So videos, podcast, like so, all this information. Sorry, that's your clarification. <laughs> Let me just clarify. I mean, everything. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for narrowing it down for me. Well, I th- information overload. Yeah. I think let's start with the downside or the potential downside because social media, just like anything else, it's a tool. You know, you mm-hmm. can't say social media is bad, just like you can't say, you know, an empty glass is bad. It depends on what you fill it with. You know, mm. you fill it with poison, it's bad. You fill it with water or a really nice single malt, um, it's good. <laughs> so social media, yeah, the problem is it's all out there. And I think what's gone wrong with social media is that people have found their three-quarter inch navy blue dots because it's there. If they have a particular point of view, uh, if they already have a particular belief, there is, you know, they, they can go down the rabbit hole all day long, all week long for all of 2020. A lot of people, you know, we, we saw examples of that and I'm not going to be specific examples because I'm not going to go on one side of the aisle or the other, but you know, what people just, they kind of get tunnel vision because there's so much there, but it's all the same colored dots, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can all like you you can find a podcast on anything and just listen and listen and listen and listen and listen, and you get your three quarters navy blue dot reinforced over and over and over again, and that can either be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's again we want to stay up with what's current in our world. Here's here's the flip and, and the flip side is the good side, uh, the good part of it that everything else is available to you also. Yeah, you can connect the dots a lot faster. Yeah, you can and, connect and, the dots. You can listen to a podcast that's got a different point of view. You can listen to a podcast of something. You can take an online course 
you know, either sign up on Mastermind or the great courses or, you know, free courses. LinkedIn has courses. You can take a course on Renaissance architecture, you know, and find a connection there. I actually have a, have a client at Microsoft who solved a multi-million dollar problem because he happened to have a conversation with a woman who was an expert in Renaissance architecture. And really? she told him something about the building of the Duomo in Florence, Italy. Yeah. That was the key. It was the missing piece to a puzzle of, uh, to an algorithm that he'd been trying to solve for months and months and months. This is an incredibly smart guy. Wow. Yeah. And because, because he happened to have that conversation, because he happened to learn something about Renaissance architecture within a week, he had figured it out. So again, you never know which dot. Yeah. So it so, just opens up. And, and, opens and up all of those dots are out there. The internet is full of different colored dots. Mm -hmm. But we have to we have to be we have to be conscious and intentional about how we use the internet, how we use social media. And that's the problem. So many of us aren't. We tend to like veg out, just like we veg out with Netflix sometimes. Yeah. And there's yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We need that mental break, that mental space every now and then. We need those popcorn movies. Uh, you know, we need that sort of thing. But we also need to be intentional that, okay, this is a break. Yeah. But so today, so, you know, make, make it a goal every day to collect a different colored dot. Of like the, the, just one different colored dot. Read some Twitter, you know, a tweet that, that you wouldn't have read. Just, just start getting into the habit. Of it. It's a fun habit. And you know what? As the world comes back together, as we come back, to, you know, as, you know, the vaccinations, you know, take effect and, and we start kind of getting out in public, it's going to make you a more interesting person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, if you've got multicolored dots, if you can have, if you can have an intelligent conversation um, about multiple topics, it's, it's going to make you a more popular person. You're going to have more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So in this day and age, I know that you're not on the speaking uh, route right now, but who are no, some of your favorites? Very, very close. Very it's close. Good. This year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right awesome. Up. Yeah. So if I were to listen, because I love listening to speakers and uh, either live or on YouTube, but who would mm -hmm. you recommend in the world of creativity and innovation besides yourself? Um, who would you recommend? Besides myself, some of the people that, that I know who are really good. James Taylor, not the singer-songwriter James Taylor, a different James Taylor. He's an English guy, and he's got a podcast. I forget what it's called, but he's 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 really good with, with innovation. There's a guy named Josh Linkner who just came out with a great book, um, Big Little Breakthroughs, I believe is what it's called. And it's all about the idea that innovations don't have to be big in order to count. You know, your little innovations count. Um, mm -hmm. Stephen Shapiro uh is is a, a a really good speaker in the field of innovation he's got a number of books out there also yeah those are the three and I, that's so weird that they're all three guys i don't know if that's me or if that's the industry <laughs> I, no that's i've got to look into that but those those are the three that that come to mind immediately that's great well, thanks for your time, Bill. Um, before we go, is there anything that we didn't chat about? Because we chatted about a lot of different topics. Anything that you want to leave the audience with? Maybe something that they can think about or use now besides your connect the dot um, example that um, we didn't touch on? Yeah, I think I, I think the, the biggest thing I want to leave them with is just the knowledge that you are 
creative. You are an innovator if you choose to be. You have everything you need. You don't need any other special training. So all you have to do is, is all you have to do is get into the habit of connecting dots. We've already talked about some ways to start doing that. Think about, think about an issue that you're going through right now. Maybe it's a challenge, maybe it's an opportunity, but something where you could use some innovation. Go out and find a completely different dot, a dot that's got nothing to do with it. Talk to somebody who's not in your industry, you know, but you know, somebody who sees the world differently. Or again, read an article that you wouldn't normally read and then, and then ask the key question, how is this like this? How can I connect this? Not How is this like my situation? Yeah. 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 And and then just just keep doing that. And and sit down with a pad of paper, not in front of your computer. Sit down with a pad of paper and come up with answers. And give yourself like say I'm not going to I'm not going to get up until I come up with at least 5 ways that I can relate this to my situation. They don't have to be great. Right now it's just it's just a matter of getting your brain into the habit of doing it. But you never know. You never know. You might strike gold. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Bill. This has been great. Appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>